You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Sells, the Star Wars animation podcast. This is our third episode of season four of Star Wars Rebels for the episode The Occupation. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, what's up, Mike and Star Wars Rebels fans? Good to be back yet again this week in yep. Rebel Sells. You know, it's it's like we were just talking just a second ago, like, man, yeah. we're almost done with this first half. Right. And if if you've been listening to the first couple episodes, you guys know that we, as of now, uh, as of this episode, we're doing one episode per week to kind of uh, stretch things out a little bit and uh, make that time to The Last Jedi just a little bit yeah. easier to, to handle. So I don't want to um, be done yeah. in two weeks. In two weeks? I don't I think you crazy. do either, right? Like, like no, no, thank you. No. Like, um, I was just saying off air, I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the way that they're rolling out this season. Yeah. This season, I am the biggest fan of i the first two the first four episodes the first two two two-parters fantastic right um like really really good i the occupation and flight of the defender both incredible episodes and just a tease matt you haven't watched flight of the defender yet but you'll watch it probably sometime after we record tonight um flight of the defender one of my favorite episodes of star wars rebels Wow. So good. So, so good. This season that I was saying to a friend who was asking how how's season four so far. This was on Saturday and uh, before I had seen the the two latest episodes and I had said, you know, I season three was a little weird. It was a little it was a little slow in places, kind of felt like they were treading water a bit um, waiting for the end. Um, and, and season four, it's like, okay, all bets are off. Let's, mm-hmm. let's do it. Yeah. Let's, let's get down to this. And, uh, and that's exactly how I feel after watching these two episodes. It's like, we're back on Lothal. Um, and there is a very clear, you know, like we have to, we're going to do what we can to, mm-hmm. uh, to liberate 
this planet um right and and help these people and and in the occupation for sure we discovered that it's going to be a little bit more difficult than i mm-hmm. think uh ezra had imagined it would be i think he was sort of imagining riding in on his white horse and uh and saving the day and rescuing the people of lothal um only to learn that lothal isn't really there anymore um so yeah i but before we get into our recap for the occupation we got some news right yeah let's check out the news now here's the latest from a galaxy far far away Right away, sir. So, starting off uh, this week in the news, Mike, uh, some more Rebel stuff. You know, last week uh, we kind of talked about Dave Filoni in an interview we had. And this week I kind of piggyback off that. Uh, coming soon, just did, did an interview with him. Uh, I believe it was yesterday or the day before. Um, so it's a fairly new interview. And I just picked out a couple. It was a longer interview, but I just picked out a couple things that uh, I just want to mention real quick here. Uh, the first thing is it was a question and answer type thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, coming soon, asked about Rogue One. And he says, uh, Rogue One sort of confirmed that the ghost was still around for the Battle of Scarif. Ditto for Chopper and Hera. Will the series eventually take us to that point? And Filoni says, I would say that would seem unlikely to me. It would be weird to see the result of a battle that we know the outcome of. We certainly don't know what happens to them, but it's funny. I like to mess with people uh, because you hear General Sindula, but it's interesting to find out that her father also went by General Sindula. You just can't be sure. The only thing we can be sure of is that Chopper makes it. So I'm a little confused because I thought we had confirmation that it was Hera. I, and now did, reading this, I'm like, well, wait yeah. a minute. What are we are we Dave's being a little bit a little bit yeah. coy and obnoxious in this, I think. Uh we do know it's General Sindula because of forces of destiny. Uh, mm-hmm. I I think that he's kinda like I said, he's being a little obnoxious. Um, is he trying to? Is he trying to? Make I can. Us I can hear it in his voice. Happening? This is. This is like the sort of thing that he that he does on on the on his panels and stuff like that, where he's like, "Well, I don't know," <laughs> and then he yeah. drops a little bit of Star Wars knowledge, and it's like, "Okay, yeah, fair enough." General Sindula could absolutely be Cham, but it's not. We already know it's not. Like we yeah. we. It has been confirmed, I think, by Pablo. I think it was that was what I remember. It was Pablo. We confirmed it, but then I'm thinking, was he trying to make us think that maybe something, you know, because we like we all know Hera's going to make it now. So is he trying just to go? I think you never know. Yeah, I think he's just being cheeky. I think he's just just trying to get a rise out of some of the fans. It's he does this every so often where he's like, yeah, he's he's just kind of playing with us a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, the, the first part of this also, um, I would just say here, kind of a confirmation that this series is not going to go, you know, that close to Rogue One. Um, it's going to go where I think, especially in this episode, it really cements my opinion on this, that this this series is going to be about Ezra, Kanan and Lothal um, and and not go past maybe yeah. what's going to happen here on the fall maybe so that's kind of where I'm going with this particular uh, quote that he said we're not going to get close to Rogue One we're not going to or we're not going to scare for anything like that yeah. we're going to stay at Rogue we're going to stay at Lothal and deal with this with this here and maybe um, 
Thrawn too. So. Yeah, I think uh, I think that, yeah. that this season deals with with three things. It deals with Lothal, it deals with Kanan, and it deals with Thrawn. Um, mm-hmm. And I think like Mandalore is dealt with already, so so you can add that to the list, but check it off already. Um, right. And I think that like Hera and and Chopper, we know what's up with that but but yeah it's really like there there are a few question marks but we kind of talked about that last week i think it's really clear where a lot of these characters are going um it's just a matter of us now getting there yeah the other um the other thing he says he goes uh they ask uh that period between return of the jedi and the and force awakens is still a fertile period it hasn't really been touched yet and feloni says you never know Uh, everybody wants me to uh to film the story of how ezra becomes snoke but that's just not happening. I get hit with all the time. It's pretty awesome. Fans know, fans now have a very rich, detailed uh, thoughts and imaginations. I fully approve it. You know, it makes me believe the future of Star Wars is so secure because there are so many people with wild imaginations out there. So he's this this guy, whoever's asking these questions, yeah. has the same a- question I have is that period between <laughs> Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, so many great things that you can do there with Luke and Kylo and Leia and, and, yeah. and Ray, depending on what she is, are we going to get that? And that's where I think that kind of period for me is, is I wouldn't want to see it done in a book. I wouldn't want to see it done in a, in a comic or anything that I want to see it done, whether it's live action animated or another movie, I don't know. But, um, he seems like, I don't know. This is, this is weird. Um, we, we obviously know he's doing something. Um, so yeah. now it just comes to the point of where is it going to be? I don't you have any thoughts on this, Mike. I don't know anymore because Kathleen Kennedy today on the Star Wars show in oh, her I saw interview yeah, very yeah. quickly pivoted from the idea that Star Wars Rebels is ending and maybe there's another animation project in the works, started talking about other stuff like VR and video games and stuff like that. And I was kind of like, uh, okay. Um, Because she was like, oh, yeah, we have tons of stuff in the works and then started talking about that stuff. Granted, she started talking about things that have already been announced. So maybe that's kind of the difference. But and they're just not ready to announce whatever the animated project is. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, It's it's a little bit it was a little disconcerting, but I do think something is in the works and I have to imagine that Dave has something to do with it. But at the same time, that stuff that we were talking about last year when he switched his role, um, that may have also had to do with forces of destiny. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just it's really tough. You would think that by now we would have heard some sort of rumor about something, but maybe they're just doing a really good job of keeping that close to the vest. Mm-hmm. But man, how yeah. great would it be to get a star Wars animated series that takes place between Jedi and, and awakens and Mark Hamill actually voices Luke Skywalker in the cartoon, <laughs> yeah, because right. like, why wouldn't he right at that point? Why wouldn't you yeah. get Mark Hamill to do it? If it were that I, yeah. theoretically, by the time that nine rolls around, uh, he'll be, he'll be done with his his part by the end of that filming um i can't imagine luke skywalker surviving through through episode nine but mm-hmm. right. um yeah i i i don't know i i think that there's all still so much to be answered and i think that now's not the right time um for lucasfilm to talk about that stuff we got we are on the eve of 
The Last Jedi, and then very soon after that, we've got Han Solo. Han Solo, yeah. uh, Solo, Star Wars. Sorry, just yes. Solo. Yeah, I'm never gonna get used. <laughs> yeah. To that. Well, so, speaking of, yeah, yeah, I, I think that like the, something has to be in the works. Why would they stop? But at the same time. I'm not sure why they would continue. I don't know that Star Wars Rebels makes them that much money compared to the films. Maybe the animation division is better off doing standalone animated features than doing television series, uh, right? I, I don't know. Yeah. I like I'm not I don't have like like financial numbers to back up that speculation, but it's just something to throw out there and think about that maybe that's maybe that's there. Mhm. Yeah, no, I, uh, we'll see. I mean, like I said, it's it's just like we're totally up in the air. We have no idea what's going on as far as they haven't made any kind of inclination of, of making an announcement or anything. So, yeah, um, I think they're, obviously they're going to let, you know, Last Jedi play through. And, and who knows? We might not get anything until after the Han Solo movie and yeah. after Rebels is kind of closed and maybe sometime well, next year. No next Star Wars. Yeah, no Star Wars celebration next year. So right. mm-hmm. where are they going to yeah. make that announcement? It's going to have to be somewhere right. like Comic-Con san diego yeah. comic-con or new york comic-con right maybe d20 well no no d23 next year no, d23 yeah. is every other year so right. yeah it it like they really don't have a platform to make that announcement um so they'll have to use somebody else's platform like i said a comic-con but yeah but very interesting very yeah. interesting times ahead because we're burning through this content if they go at the so same bad. clip that they're on the second half of the season that they are on the first half why we're going to be done by the end of February, I would imagine. Um, right. So yeah. yeah, it's very interesting. So you were talking about the last Jedi and we just got a, a new international trailer that dropped a day or mm-hmm. two ago for the, the last Jedi. Some new things in there, the three PO and some dialogue. But to me, Mike, I think, I, th- I think what hit harder or hit a little more powerful was the poster. Did mm-hmm. you see this poster? I did see uh, the poster. Well, a little different here. What do you think of this poster? Yeah, very interesting. Um, a little bit, uh, I think, misleading. I think absolutely misleading. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, a very interesting poster. Um, uh, obviously, yeah, so so we'll just say, I guess, minor spoilers, but it's in one of the posters. So I think yeah. there are, we'll probably see a bit more of this before before I, I, the, the Last Jedi releases. But yeah, Luke is in fact holding his ignited lightsaber, Anakin's lightsaber. Um, now, last week we talked a lot about the transformation of Anakin's lightsaber um, into Ray's lightsaber, um, right. and the fact that it was going to get some modification at some point during the film. Um, I think that this poster is super misleading. I don't think that Luke is going to fight with that lightsaber. Hmm. maybe in a way similar to to how uh finn used the lightsaber at one point Mm -hmm. and how han uses the lightsaber in in empire strikes back he i don't think that he will use it in the sense that like it will be his lightsaber again um i think that there's there's potential that at some point um it may get taken away from ray and that luke will will pick it up and use it but okay. but um, I don't I I still I don't even see that happening. I'll be very surprised. I'll be very very surprised. Um, well, will you be surprised that 
you're just talking about the lightsaber or him actually wielding a lightsaber? I think him using that lightsaber. Okay. I think if Luke is going to use a lightsaber, he better be using that green one. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know, right? I know. I think that's a, that's the thing. I mean, everybody wants to see this happen. Everybody wants to see that him wield the lightsaber. And, and it's, you know, what's weird is now that we know this thing is going to be, I guess, different from what we've heard from the actors. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to expect anymore. Like, I don't know if we're going to see Luke do anything. Is he going to, you know, we hear the stuff about him being kind of a hermit and, and kind of shying away from that now. Will and, he and even, yeah. Beat? Will he even leave you know Octo? I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, wow, I don't, I don't, I'm just totally in the dark now. It's like, I, until I see something otherwise, I'm just going to, I mean, I see this post on like, okay, that's, that's kind of cool. I like that. It's like, if we see him, just doing some crazy stuff um, and battling and seeing him use the lightsaber again. Awesome. Um, but I guess I'm not really uh, expecting it. You know, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens though. Cause this, this movie has been touted as being uh, different, get ready for it. So we'll see. But yeah, I know. I mean the, the trailer, um, just a couple extra, like I said, a couple extra beats here and there not much different. Blink, uh, blinking you know, you'll miss it type of thing. Yeah, like exactly. A yeah. random shot of C-3PO. Um, right. I think maybe because the international audience recognizes that character a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, yeah. Star Wars fans know. Like, if you're doing merch, the first things you do are Darth Vader head, C-3PO head, R2-D2, Stormtrooper. Right. Yeah. right? It doesn't matter what yeah. the Star Wars thing is, what era you're dealing with. It's like, here you go, because people recognize those as much as they recognize the logos. So, mm-hmm. so I yeah. think that, I think that, that a lot of the, the modification for the international trailer was that sort of thing where they were like, here, just have some iconic things, have an, yeah. have an extra shot of C3PO just cause we can. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. And well, and the, and the back on the poster, it's uh basically just swapping um ray for luke and it's kind of cool to see luke and kylo back to back with the lightsabers ignited and then you got you know ray is kind of like the big hero shot there so um yeah cool different vibe on the on the trailer on the uh, poster so it was cool we had a uh, you had one more thing though you want to talk about before we hit the uh recap and i'm drawing a blank all of a sudden i do yeah I to write uh, it down. Go ahead. Uh, seth green is going to be joining oh, right. the cast of star yeah. wars rebels so he'll actually yeah. be making an appearance in next week's batch of episodes, um, he was uh, he was Toto 360 and Ion mm-hmm. Papanoida in in the Clone Wars, uh, which folks might remember those characters. But he'll actually be voicing a Trandoshan character uh, named Captain Sevor in the episode Crawler Commanders. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, cool to have Seth Green coming back. I love Seth Green. Um, you know, he's a, he's a hardcore star Wars fan. Um, he's always at star Wars celebration. In fact, he was part of the, the crew that was going to bring star Wars detours to life. And, uh, uh I know. unfortunately that, that got shelved, um, as we all know, but, um, and yeah, you know, man, I really hope that sees the light of day someday, but, uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure it will. It has yeah. to, right? Like, yeah, like from I what I, from what I saw at Star Wars Celebration six, all those many years ago, yeah. um, what's that? Six years ago now? Five years ago? Just a little bit over five years ago. Um, the show looked like it was ready to go. Uh, yeah, at least a few episodes, and I would love for them to put that out there. 
um, or yeah. for it to leak in some fashion or something like that. I mean, it would be so great to I be able say to get had hands on that. But a whole season, oh. didn't they have a whole season done or something like that? Maybe two? I think so. I think they were like yeah. basically there. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, um, but Seth Green returning to Star Wars uh, to to voice a character in Rebels, I think it's it's one of those things where it's uh, this is kind of a no brainer. Goes hand in hand. Like bring bring yeah. him in. He's a fantastic actor. He's a really great voice actor. He's been playing. Leonardo on Ninja Turtles since um, I think it was, was it Jason Biggs yeah Jason oh, Biggs wow. left he was the voice of Leonardo in the first season and a half mm-hmm. and then um, and then they had another voice actor sort of fill in a few times for Jason Biggs and then when Jason Biggs was removed or left or however that went um, Seth Green jumped in and in my opinion actually it took a little while to get used to it but once he got the character down, I think that he's done a better job with that character than, than Jason mm-hmm. Biggs had. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, Seth Green, uh, really great voice vocal performer. So, um, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I love the design of this character as well. If you um, um, check out the news posts about it, uh, you'll see. This this he's a smaller Trandoshan. Yeah, as I say, different different, yeah, different look. Very different yeah. from Bosk. Very different from what very we've seen different. before. So, and I love that. I love when uh, when Star Wars animation grabs a species and doesn't just give us a carbon copy of what we've seen before, um, and yeah. gives us something new to look at. Right, so that we can go like, oh, there's variety within this species. So. Um, right. So I'm looking forward to that. Obviously, next Monday I, I will be able to watch those episodes. So, yeah, when you said uh, when you mentioned that, this is the first thing that came to my mind. Is man, when are we going to get that detours? You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but it is. It's cool to see him come back. Like you said, he's a huge fan, and and uh, he's kind of popped up here and there. And of course, he's what he's been doing a uh, Family Guy for what 16 years or something yeah. like that. I don't know what it's something been a long time. Like so. That. Good, yeah. good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, before, yeah, anything else? Yeah, before yeah, we jump into the recap, just really quickly, uh, want to take a moment and say uh, it's it's now November, which for some of us means it's Movember, and <laughs> uh, and I'm actually um, I'm participating this year. I am rocking the mustache, uh, and uh, I, I'm also helping raise some money. So. Um, if you're listening to this and you are interested in helping me, um, I've got a fundraising goal of $500, uh, and, uh, and right now I'm at 100 and it would be really awesome if, uh, if some of my, uh, uh, podcast listeners out there, uh, jumped in and, and helped me get to a hundred bucks. So even as small as a dollar, I, uh, uh, it would be would be awesome, and it's it's really easy to get to. Shoot, I should have brought this up beforehand. Give me one second here. Yeah, I was I noticed it on your uh, I think it was on your Facebook feed and uh, yep. on uh, maybe Instagram too. Yeah, gotta gotta check that out. Gotta yeah, throw some money so, that way. I wish I could do something like that. Yeah, you can't for work, right? You gotta. Yeah, I know we're not really allowed to do that. So, gotta but keep hey, it clean. someday, I'll, someday I get to retire and, and get to go crazy and grow my hair out and yeah. beard out and everything. <laughs> so I, yeah. so it's mobro.co slash arkwolf a r k w u l f, and um, yeah, anything that anybody can contribute would be awesome. 
um, to, to help us, uh, get, to help me reach my personal goal of 500. Um, and then, uh, we're actually, I'm doing this through work and we have a target out of 3000, um, with my team at work. So nice. uh, 500 would be a hefty chunk towards that goal. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm sure that the rest of my team members would appreciate it. And I know that I would appreciate it. Um, and, uh, and I'm actually going to, uh, for everybody who, who donates, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, if you, if you also hit me up on Twitter, um, at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, and let me know, then I will, I will put your name in the, in the hat and, um, I'm going to give away a free, uh, uh, art commission, uh, like I do over on my, uh, on my, oh, my nice. art page on Facebook, um, to uh to one person who who donates so like uh, you could one dollar will will get you in there so um nice. so yeah that's just my little way of of uh motivating some folks and saying thank you um for for helping to contribute um so yeah awesome. and, and i don't know as the month goes on depending i might add some more incentives so it's uh kind of like uh uh my own little uh omaze uh, <laughs> contest. So, so yeah. just to give people a heads up, when I do commissions and stuff, what I generally do uh, most of the time, kind of caricatures. So you send me a couple of pictures, and I see what you what you look like, and then you can give me a character that you like or something that you like, like Star Wars or like a specific character from Star Wars, and then I'll actually draw you as that character in that universe. So, um, yeah. I, so that's what I'll be giving away to one. Uh, one supporter over on on Movember, but what you got to do is you got to donate on Movember, and then I I we, I think I think after you you donate, you can it, it prompts you to share on Facebook or or Twitter. If you share on Twitter and you tag me at Arkwolf and let me know, I'll I'll put your name in the in the bucket, and uh, and and I'll at the end of November I I will draw one person out of the hat and that person will get an illustration, a custom illustration by me. So, um, cool. yeah. So, awesome. uh, so yeah, I, uh, again, mobro.co slash a R K W U L F. And, uh, that's arc wolf. I, I, help me get there. Help me get there. I'm $400 away as of, as of day one. So that's a pretty good place to be in. Um, that's cool. be really cool, that's if, cool. I can, if I can hit that target. Yeah, and, and you almost forgot to mention, um, you're also giving away with that, uh, you get entered in to win a part in episode nine. So that's great, too. Oh, huh? yeah, that awesome. too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yes, okay. Sorry. Okay. If you could do it, it would that, be cool. That might be uh, a little bit outside my power. But, um, okay. you know, like, if if it turns out that by the time that episode nine is filming, I'm in that position, I'll I'll, I'll do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I don't see you that happening. That's all we can ask. That's yeah. all we can ask. <laughs> uh, okay, with that, let's uh, hit the recap. Cool. Ezra. Ezra. It's time to get to work. When are you going to feel you've done enough for this rebellion? So I guess you really never thought about us. All the paths are coming together, right? I'm just not sure if we're going to like where they lead. Krennic has been quite persuasive about his own project, Stardust. Are you confident your ship can get in and out undetected? 
We don't call it the ghost for nothing. Oh, got him! Now is our time for the Devil's Recap. May the Force be with you. All right, here we go with the occupation. As the ghost drops out of hyperspace above the oven, Ezra napping is jolted awake by a force vision and falls out of his chair. When the others ask what's going, uh, what's wrong, he tells them that he saw Ryder Azadi and Joe on Lothal, and they need help. Kanan Jarrus points out that Ezra has been having a lot of these moments lately due to his due to his anxiety about Lothal, and that it probably doesn't mean anything. In the main briefing room, Mothma plays a message they received from Ryder two days before, in which the former governor states that the Empire is testing a new kind of Thai defender. Mothma states that this is the information that needs to be followed up on, but notes that Lothal is in a complete lockdown. She asks for volunteers, and Ezra, uh, and Ezra asks when, uh, when he leaves. Harry reminds him that all of the specters are going. We haven't been able to contact him since. I have witnessed the threat of the Thai defender firsthand. If there's been a new development with these fighters, the rebellion needs to know. I also know how important Lothal is to you, Commander Bridger. I'm looking for volunteers. When do I leave? When do we leave? We're all going. I understand, Captain. Your squad does work best together. But by all reports, the occupation of Lothal has become a complete lockdown. Even if you make it in, there's no guarantee the Rebellion can extract you if things go wrong. I've had a long time to think about this. We'll get that intel, but I'm going home to help my people. Which means I'm there to stay. So, Mike, I, I normally don't open up um, with, with the quick little uh, mm-hmm. audio cues here, but I wanted to do this one because... To me, this was like this opening was like the, one of the biggest things that, um, I, I, for sure, out of this episode, the biggest yeah. thing to me. Um, look what he's saying here. He says, uh, "This is an interesting quote from Ezra. I'm going to, uh, I'm going home to help my people, which means I'm there to stay." And I thought, and I, I heard that. And I go, "Wait a minute." And let me rewind that. And I heard it again. Like, wow. So this is this is a pretty big statement here. I mean. Ezra is telling everybody, and and I'll get your take, Mike, on what you think if he's if he's serious about this. That mm-hmm. he's going home there, and he's staying. This is where I got the the information or the uh, inclination that man, this is going to be about Lothal and about Ezra on Lothal. So um, we'll break down a little bit more what's going on here. But that's the kind of the first thing that hit me out of this thing was man, um, big statement from 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 Ezra here, Mike. Uh, is he does he mean this? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I I think so, and I and I think that it's a great um, story circle for the character for for him to come all the way. This is the hero's journey, right? Um, mm-hmm. Ezra started on Lothal uh, as this sort of um, street rat uh, uh, kid stealing from the Empire to survive. And then uh, hooks up with with this Jedi Knight in hiding and uh, and a rebel cell goes off and explores the galaxy, um, fights Darth Vader and uh, Darth Maul and (laughs) meets Obi-Wan Kenobi (laughs) and also and Yoda and all sorts of other characters, um, uh, Ahsoka and and uh, 
and the like and gathers all of this knowledge and information that he needs in order to become a Jedi Knight. Um, but ultimately he is, he's the guardian of Lothal. It's it, that's his home. That's where he's going to come back to. And, and that's a, I think that's a really cool story. As a matter of fact, I think personally it points in the direction of what I think the Jedi order should look like, um, Mm. Mm-hmm. In in the the prequels, obviously, the Jedi were much more of a galactic galactic police force, right? right. Sort of with a central department uh, headquarters that they that they reported to and were issued orders from. Um, the Clone Wars turned them into generals and turned them into into warriors, which they were not meant to be, and and was eventually their downfall. I think, I don't know, maybe this is just the libertarian in me, but I think that decentralizing that organization, um, it, it actually mitigates a lot of the damage that it can cause. Because uh, right. uh, thinking about, about Kylo Ren and thinking about Darth Vader, um, when, those, when those structures are centralized, it's really easy uh, for corruption to spread. And for um, for them to be taken down, right? Mm. So I uh, the idea that 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 the Jedi be a little bit more like samurai in that they serve their um, regional sort of not I don't want to say masters, but but they're in the in the samurai analogy. That's kind of the way that it goes, but. Right. Um, just sort of thinking of, of them as 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 guardians of of the the places where they dwell, um, and allowing them to work within that part of the galaxy. Uh, I think that that would probably make the galaxy a safer place, rather than you know, oh, something's going wrong. Let's call the Jedi Temple and maybe they'll send somebody to help us. Um, the Jedi are not warriors, they're peacekeepers, but more importantly, um, they're, they're tools of the force. They're, they're an extension of the force. And, and so, um, the force obviously has a plan for Ezra and him returning to Lothal is a big part of that plan. But, but being aware of that connection and, and allowing yourself to be utilized in that way. I think is much more true to the to the Jedi Order's um, code than it mm-hmm. is to have this centralized police force that can be uh, ordered about by a by by a government body like the Senate uh, or the Chancellor. It's like that's not really. I don't think that that's what what the original Jedi had in mind. Um, I think that that when you can be an individual Jedi on a planet or or one of a few on a planet um, passing along your knowledge and uh, and protecting its people, um, then you're much closer to, I think, the lifestyle that that the Jedi code dictates um, and being in harmony with with your surroundings and. And uh, more of a monk-like uh, uh, right. lifestyle than than the the police 
a galactic, as I said, galactic police force that uh, that I think they were uh, in in the uh, the last days of the Republic, right? Um, right? Yeah. And I don't know, maybe that's what Luke had in mind, but obviously he had to train up some new Jedi first, and then and then they would sort of be spread throughout the galaxy. Maybe they have been spread throughout the galaxy. We still don't really have answers as to what happened. We know that that there was a tragedy. We know that that Kylo Ren betrayed the Jedi order and that's what forced Luke into hiding. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I like to think that, that if Ezra survives, I think that he will survive season four. Um, that, that as of return of the Jedi, that's where he is. He's on Lothal Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and maybe at some point Luke and Ezra will cross paths, um, um, if that's the will of the force, then, then I'm sure that we'll see a story along those lines at some point. Um, old man, Ezra and old man, Luke, I would love to see that. Um, we've talked about it before. If there's a sequel series, Ezra being a character that gets featured in that would be really cool. Um, wow, yeah. mm-hmm. I, as I said last week, I can really see Ezra and Sabine, um, coming together, but I don't know if Sabine is willing to settled down on Lothal um, if that if that were the case because she obviously has responsibilities of her own to Mandalore but but yeah I, I, I would love I, that's that's sort of my vision for the character is that he becomes sort of this um, this sentinel or guardian of because we know that there are Jedi temples there's there's the right. temple that we've been into on Lothal yeah. Lothal is very clearly a planet that is very strong in the force oh yeah um, right and and I think uh, uh, Matt you're gonna learn a little bit more about that ne- in in the next episode okay. um, but but we've seen many things that indicate that already um, and and I think that that's a that's a really great way to wrap that story up and explain where Ezra is. They, mm-hmm. they, you know, Ezra, Ezra and Lothal are not separate. They're, they're connected and they're one thing. And he mm-hmm. had to leave in order to gain the skills and the knowledge and the wisdom to come back and be the, the guardian that, 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 that those people needed really. Cause really it's about the people. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I look forward to, to, discovering how close to that story uh this story ends up being but but that's kind of how i see it so um, well you mentioned uh you mentioned um that this this whole series started with with ezra you know on the he was the rat or whatever and and he was found so i think this could be one of those those things that you know everything all roads lead back home kind of thing where mm -hmm. the thing started on lethal and it's gonna end, end on lethal so um but yeah, this this beginning here also Ezra having these force dreams, um, kind of like kind of like uh, Luke did on Dagobah. You know, he's seeing the future. Yeah. Uh, like Yoda said, he goes, you know, through the force, things you will see, other places, the future, the past, old friends, long gone. So this is kind of the same type of, I think, um, even though Luke was seeing it through his training. Um, Ezra's showing that he can see this as well. And, and Kanan, yeah. you know, he's just like, hey, you're just anxiety about Lothal. And I was starting to think, does Kanan, like, does does he know the power that Ezra has that he can kind of, I don't know. Because um, I don't know if we've ever seen Kanan kind of see 
the future or talk about it. I don't, I'm trying to think, Mike, but I, I can't think of anything offhand. But I can't. I, no, I mean, like, I think Kanan has much more of an empathic and and sort of yeah. um, his feelings. I think are are generally much more vague than mm-hmm. than Ezra's. Right. Um, and I think that that. I don't think that Kanan shares every single feeling or vision or anything that he gets. I, I don't, he, I think that he plays things very close to the vest. Yeah. Um, I think that Kanan knows that his time is coming to a close. I think that mm-hmm. he senses that. And I think that's why there's a little bit more urgency to the things that matter to him. Um, I, I think, I think the scene in, in this episode that we'll talk about in a minute yeah. Um, I think that 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 has to do with it, and obviously in the trailer, there's there's some vibes of that as well. I think that that he is definitely a different type of person than Ezra, and mm-hmm. and if he has had those sorts of visions, that they're he plays them much closer to the vest, like I said. Yeah. So right. uh, he's not the one, the type to to blurt out. Um, his feelings uh, mm-hmm. for everybody to hear. He's 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 much more reserved and trained than that, especially now, especially since Darth Maul, right? So. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and this yeah. is a and this is a. I mean, I'm talking about a dangerous mission. This is this mission to the fall. I mean, they are on their own, and the planet is pretty much locked down by the Empire. So, this is a, by this is a not a small or easy mission for them, yeah. and 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 Mafa knows it. She knows about the Tide Defenders and secret cargo. She was right there on the on the on the Ghost when they battled that Tide Defender. So she yeah. knows exactly how um, nasty these things are. So um, anyway, uh, we'll continue. Mike, go ahead. What's next? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, later, as the Ghost rendezvous with the Broken Horn in deep space, Callus entering the cockpit notes that Sicatro Visago is a criminal and wonders if he can be trusted. Ezra meets Visago at the airlock and shows him to the ghost's cargo hold, where crates of puffer pigs await. Visago, pleased with his payment, notes that Lando Calrissian made a fortune with his, and that the mining guild will pay handsomely for them. In the cockpit, Hera tells Rex that he's in command of the ghost while she's gone. As she leaves, Callus, mistakenly assuming that Hera was, was talking to him, reminisces about how much trouble the ghost caused him back when he was with the Empire, sitting in the pilot's seat. Rex corrects Callus as to who Hera was addressing, and Callus res- retorts that he's commanded Star Destroyers. The old clone, sitting down in the freshly vacated pilot's seat, responds by pointing out that's probably the exact reason why Hera didn't leave Callus in charge. So I this... The only complaint I have about this season so far is that we are obviously not spending the entire season with Rex and Callus in mm-hmm. the ghost, uh, getting up to what I can only assume are hilarious <laughs> hijinks. Oh, man, um, yeah. So I think that there's a there is definitely a side story uh, to be told there. I think uh, I think that perhaps even a Star Wars story. Can you imagine if they got like Tamara Morrison and somebody else <laughs> to come in yeah. and uh, and and play these two characters and just do like a like a buddy cop, yeah, uh, a good cop bad cop sort of um, story with with Rex and Callus. I mean, like I yeah. that is. You know what I said earlier? Maybe they're looking at doing animated features. That's the animated feature I want to see. 
first and foremost. <laughs> Rex so, and Callus, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I, man, I gotta let me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about it while we're recording this episode. I gotta come up with a great title for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, then, I was thinking of a title too. I could think of something yeah. off the hand, but it's yeah. Funny. yeah, and uh, and then. <laughs> And then uh, uh, we will uh, uh, we'll pitch that over to the story exactly. group and see what <laughs> what we can't do. Um, so maybe I'll be able to get people a role in uh, in that film. There in you the go. Un- the untitled Rex. Untitled Rex and Callus. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, so so Vizago's back. We haven't seen him since. Uh, let's see, I think it was season two, Brothers of the Broken Horn. We saw him, uh, so he's back and. You know, he wants to do his thing. He's got some puffer pigs, and that's enough payment for him to sneak yeah. him in. But but you're right, though. This this banter, this uh, clever little banter between uh, Rex and Callus, um, it was so it was funny, and you're just like, oh, I want, kind of wanted to see more of what's going to happen with these two in this thing. Like you said, that would be so fun to have like a little insight into what's going on between mm-hmm. these two while they're waiting around, the, the hijinks that would in, ensue between these two. So I I just, like I said, I just love the little banter between those, how they were, uh, you know, callous and what he used to do and, and where he's at now. So really cool stuff, really funny stuff. Uh, the Spectres are on the bridge of the Broken Horn in civilian disguises when Chopper rolls in. The starship drops out of hyperspace above the fall and the Spectres are shocked at the planet's heavily polluted appearance. Ezra is particularly affected, noting that it looks like the planet is dying. Mizago tells him that Lothal isn't exactly the planet he remembers and to brace himself. The starship is given clearance to land by a cruiser, but one of the pilots tells the officer in charge that there is something wrong with the thermal scan and they are detecting multiple unregistered life forms aboard. The officer orders the broken horn to be allowed past and the ISB patrol to be alerted. The broken horn flies through the layer of pollution on Lothal's atmosphere, and Ezra is shocked to see that the planes have been burned. The boarding party, comprised of stormtroopers and an officer, enters the cockpit to find Vizago, who claims that he doesn't know anything. The suspectors release the puffer pigs from their crates, and Zeb, positioned in a corridor, is ordered to scare them. The Imperials, having arrested Vizago, are surprised by the sudden barrage of inflated pigs, and as the specters sneak past... Ezra tells the crime lord to come along. Mazago in binders makes to leave, but turns back to retrieve one last uninflated pig and becomes trapped when the animal swells up. So, um, you know, there's kind of some funny stuff here, but, but seriously, on a serious note, though, um, I tell you what, Ezra is shocked to see what has happened to Lothal mm-hmm. and much like I was shocked to see what was going on with all it's devastated like and it's it, he even says it's burned all away it's been it's been a while since we've seen Ezra um on Lothal that I can remember you know it's probably but middle of last season since he's been been there I believe and uh man I'll tell you what the pollution it's gotten worse uh the atmosphere is filled with this noxious storms and explosions mm-hmm. um it's just kind of red looking and like I said Ezra is just horrified when he sees it and uh, like he says that's dying so it's 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 pretty crazy what what's happened with the empire Mike were you kind of a little surprised to see how bad uh, Lothal has gotten yeah definitely I mean like I think just the visual of it is is very striking um i'm not that surprised that the empire is up to no good right and that they really don't care about what they're doing and um we don't really know for sure what it is they've been doing on lothal 
Um, mm-hmm. I think originally we we suspected it might have something to do with uh, with kyber crystals or, or something of that sort. Um, I don't think that's the case anymore. I think I think um, maybe it's connected to the um, the tie defenders and manufacturing mm-hmm. those. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. they've just they've essentially just like strip mined the planet and just just taken absolutely everything it has to offer. Um, and and it's and it is it's definitely um, it's destroying the planet and uh, I, not only in a in the in a physical way, but I think also um, there the empire is very much so I I don't know how do I phrase this they're they're destroying the way of life right mm-hmm. um, right the empire is all about order and and um, um, you know sort of uh, technology and it's this it's this huge machine it's a war machine right and Lothal is is pastoral it's it's soft it's um, it, it is it's the antithesis I think of what the empire mm-hmm. strives to be um, there's disorder and there's chaos by virtue of the fact that it's natural, right? But within that chaos, there's this this beautiful harmony um, between nature and the people who live there. And I think that that's you know there there are these great little cities and that sort of thing, but they're they're surrounded by these vast grasslands, and um, the empire in its desire to to create a war machine has destroyed that beauty and and um and i think i think that that's i think it's sort of meant to be like a bit of a warning like a like a cautionary tale for us that uh you know we could very well do the same thing to our Mm -hmm. planet i don't think that it's like an overt like like this is what's going to happen to earth because we're terrible people but i do think that there's a there's an ecological environmental angle to that that's like you know Mm. um right this is the cost. This is the cost of war, right? Right. And that's um, what I got out of it. Yeah, these people right. didn't ask for it, um, but their way of life is being destroyed because because of the empire's war with the rebellion. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 the the crazy thing about that is that the empire has won, and the reason why there is a rebellion is because they do stuff like this. So it's kind of this self-fulfilling prophecy of like, well, we need to fund the war effort because there's a rebellion out there. And it's like, well, there's a rebellion out there because you're destroying people's way of life for your war machine, right, um, in, right. The, in the pursuit of power and control. And so I don't know. I just, I think that there's a lot there that's really interesting. I think that's what's what's fantastic about it is that this is ostensibly a kids show, um, but it is not pulling punches with this. You know, um, Lothal is tragic. It's it's scary and it's oppressive and um, like I said, it's a bit of a warning sign. I think I think it's it's meant to be. Um, a bit of an allegory, which all of Star Wars is, right? I mean, that whole, the whole, the whole saga, um, it's, it's personal, but it's also on this galactic, um, scale, uh, about governments and, and, and bureaucracy and how it can 
be corrupted and taken advantage of. So, um, right. so yeah, I think this is kind of par for the course. This makes it very Star Wars for this story to be very allegorical in that way. Mm-hmm. Well, like you said, it's it's uh, I got the same kind of vibe that it's just just the, the you know just all the factories and, and stuff going on in the building and all the building of the weapons and the and the the fighters and the tie fighters and stuff like that it's just kind of taken its toll on on the planet over the last uh, however you want to say it months or whatever so yeah. Uh, just devastated. Go ahead, Micah. We continue. Yeah, the Spectres sneak into the occupied town, which is full of Imperials. Spotting a wanted poster of himself, Ezra wonders why the Empire is still using an old picture of him, as he doesn't look like that anymore. Uh, Ezra, Sabine, and Chopper go to Old Joe's pit stop, and Hera, Kanan, and Zeb go look for transportation. As Ezra and Sabine approach the cantina's entrance, Ezra suggests that Joe is fine and reminisces about how the pit stop was one place where it was clear the Empire was unwelcome. The two rebels, stopping in the doorway, are greeted by Imperial officers and stormtroopers, the Imperial anthem playing, and an unfamiliar bartender. Um, yeah, this is, this is uh, a bit of a rude awakening, right? Um, yeah. They, they figure, oh, this is a place where we can go and we'll be safe. And they right. walk in and uh, not so. Yeah. Well, you mentioned like the destroying way of life. Um, yeah. And, and, and here it is too, like the stormtroopers are on p- patrol, you know, they're checking anybody that's out past curfew. So this is kind of like a, some type of martial law thing going on where, yeah. you know, you're not allowed to be out at a certain time. Everybody's locked down. So like you say, just destroy, just all of all, just the whole way of life has been destroyed. And, and, uh, they're kind of just seeing all this now and, and, and just the fact that the Imperial March is playing, even though it's kind of like a lighter version of it, yeah, um, kind of like a up tempo or one, whatever you want to call it, but it's still, it's still kind of interesting to hear that playing in the background. I'm, I'm sure that thing's just playing on like a loop. They just keep playing that same thing over and over again. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of messed up what's going on. Uh, I'll continue, Mike. At the bar, Sabine and Ezra are surprised to see a hologram of Imperial pilot Baron Valen Rudar who the Spectres had encountered a few times years before. The bartender turns out to be Rudor, who is flattered to be recognized. He explains that the Empire gave him charge of the bar recently as a reward. Rudor, vaguely recognizing Ezra from some of the long-ago previous encounters, notes that he looks familiar. Ezra responds truthfully that he used to come in when the cantina was run by old Joe, Ruder states that they must have not heard and explains that there was an Imperial raid on a suspected rebel cell two days before and that Joe was caught helping the rebels escape. Ezra assumes that Joe was captured as Ruder states that he was captured and executed. Sabine, noticing Ezra's difficulty in uh, hiding his anger, tells Ruder they have to go and get to, uh, Ezra away from the bar. Ruder, suspicious, orders the stormtroopers to stop and Ezra to, to stop Ezra and Sabine. At this point, a red-haired young man intervenes, recognizing Ezra as Oleg and telling him it's great to see him. He suggests that Ezra forgot to pay his drinks. Uh, Ezra and Sabine argue over credits, both assuming that the other had them, and the redhead offers to pay for them, telling Ruder to keep the change. So um, a couple things here. Uh, Baron Valen Ruder. So he was last seen in Season 1, uh, Empire Day, and it looks like he having, he's uh, been demoted to bartender and he's taken over Joe. So I don't know if they've kind of retired old Baron here, 
but uh, he's just kind of a bartender now. He's like, a, you know, Sam Malone of Cheers or something. He's hmm. just kind of running the bar right now. So that's what that's where he is. But um, this stuff with with um, who was it, Joe? This kind of kind of hit Ezra pretty hard here because he, I'm assuming, was helping uh, Radar. Uh, um, uh, radar. What do I say? Radar. Radar. Uh, yeah, you know, writer. Writer. Yeah, writer. So he, I'm assuming he was helping him, uh, and then obviously he got caught helping the rebel cell, and he's executed. So that's where I think they were going with that. They didn't come out and say it, but I'm assuming that's that's who he was helping. So yeah, uh, for sure. anything 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 on this mic that stood out to you or like i said they're not pulling punches right um, yeah right at first we we kind of go like oh this is old joe's and then and then we see it and we're like oh something's happened and yeah. then as the story is slowly revealed to us it's it's it turns out to be quite tragic right that uh, oh old yeah joe has yeah. not only been captured but also executed already um mm-hmm. there isn't even a, there's nothing they can do right and i All think right. ezra and it was just days before and Ezra um, Ezra's been trying to get back to Lothal to liberate Lothal since last season so I think that that's going to be really rough on him yeah like they didn't actually go into like him feeling like oh man you know it's just a a day or two late or anything like that but you know that's got to be on his mind too like if he would have came a little earlier like he's been wanting to uh, maybe you could have helped a couple out so yeah uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. Continue. Uh, where are we at? Meanwhile, here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Hera and Kanan in the street narrowly dodge a stormtrooper patrol by hiding in a small alleyway. Kanan notes that it's been a long time since they've been alone together, and Hera responds that it was usually in situations like this. He states that he wishes he could see her, and Hera reaches up and removes his visor, telling him that he could always see her. They lean in close, only to be interrupted by Hera's comlink beeping. Zeb reports that he's found the Rebels' speeders, which are in an area guarded by stormtroopers. So this is what I was alluding to before. Um, I you Now, the relationship between Kanan and Hera has been um, innuendo up until mm-hmm. this point. And For this sure. scene is the first one that really, truly confirms the uh the the depth to which their their romantic relationship goes um, right. and obviously Kanan is not entirely satisfied with where they're at um, <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah that he wants more from this but uh but Hera kind of isn't uh isn't really providing that um she's very distracted by by the rebellion, um, mm-hmm. and it kind of, I, I like it because it goes back and it adds all these overtones to previous seasons, especially last season, right? When, yeah, when, uh, or is it two seasons ago? Season two, yeah, when they first join up with Phoenix Squadron, mm-hmm. and uh, and they're sort of Hera's overtaken by responsibilities to to the rebellion and and not really giving the ghost crew the specters the attention that they deserve but i think that that underneath that is really the fact that that kanan himself feels somewhat abandoned and and Mm -hmm. cast aside so um 
So yeah, we almost get an opportunity, but uh, but obviously they're interrupted. This is a very Star Wars. This is very Han and Leia. That's, that's exactly what I wrote, Mike. I go, this is a classic Star Wars type, you know, love scene, if you want to call it, quote unquote, love scene, you know, where it's it's almost there and then yeah. somebody interrupts him or something like that. So, yeah, I, I had the same exact feeling as you. Go ahead. <clears throat> yeah. And it just, you know, um, this is from from all the way from, since before the series started in A New Dawn. Um, I've wanted these two characters to be together and happy. Obviously, that's not going to happen because yeah. why would it? But right. um, but they almost get a moment, and it's almost that's. I'm not complaining. That is kind of exactly what it's supposed to be like, right? Mm-hmm. They're just kind of they're so close. There, it's it's yeah. this um, constant denial of of closure on that mm-hmm. point of them of them being able to be together. But this is what this is the cost of rebellion of, of the war um, that these two these two people who are in love are unable to be with one another because the empire keeps them separated. Um, even though they are physically together, they're not together. Right. So, yeah, you know, starting with season one, there was, you know, there was always like, well, what's going on here? And then as the seasons progress, you get little hints here and there. And then with this episode and this scene, um, it throws it right out there. And I think that they're building that um, kind of that tension or whatever you want to call it between these two because something's going to happen. And when it, if it does, if and when it does happen, um, it's going to be even that much more uh, an emotional punch. Uh, for Hera and uh, the audience too, if something ha- if something were to happen to Kanan, uh, seeing as how these two are like we know for sure now that these two are that they'd love each other and everything, so it's going to make it all that much harder if something happens to Kanan on down the line here. So we'll yeah, see. Um, outside the cantina, um, Ezra asks their rescuer who he is, and the young man responds that uh, it has been a uh, been a while. Ezra quickly recognizes him as Jai Kel and remarks that it has been a long time since their days at the Imperial Academy. Jai agrees and explains that he's been coming to the pit stop on Ryder's orders for the past several days, watching for the specters. Inside the cantina, Death Trooper Commander DTL-21 is informed that there are rebels in the area and prepares to head out with a squad of stormtroopers. Hera, Kanan, and Zeb pull up in a speeder, and she tells the others to get in. However, the rebels are approached by two tanks, and they are forced to leave, leaving the speeder behind as it's destroyed by Imperial fire. Jai explains as they head towards a sewer entrance that Joe kept up the network of tunnels beneath the town, which they can use to escape. So, um, yeah, we got Jai here back in the Academy, and I totally forgot about this character, uh, and I kind of had to go back and go, okay, who is Jai again? And kind of go, oh, okay, mm-hmm. he's way back in season one, breaking range or whatever, so I checked that out. But yeah, um, He's part of this rebel cell too. He's kind of there, kind of undercover, you know, waiting for, you know, Ezra and them to show up. A writer, you know, kind of sent him out there as a kind of a spy. So that's kind of a cool little spy thing going on with him. But uh, the tanks too, man. Look, those tanks look like they came from right out of Row One. Uh, definitely yeah. the same kind of feel. One made one small difference is that the ones in Rogue One are treaded tanks, and these ones. Oh right. Are right. actually hover tanks, so I thought that was interesting. I read that on the uh, on StarWars.com. Um, okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay. That, yeah. That's, I didn't. I didn't get to see that 
uh, behind the scenes, but uh, it makes total sense there. So, yeah, you know, here it is. Plus, they got uh, these sewers, and, and they know them very well and how to get around them. So yeah. um, starting to ramp up here, Mike. Go ahead. Uh, what's next? Yeah, they head for the large junction beneath. This uh, That's where we are, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They head for the large junction beneath the main road out of town. Once the Imperials re-enter the bar, DTL21 asks Rudor if he knew that the sewer entrance was unsealed, and the Baron claims that he did not. The Death Trooper commander orders troops and several probe droids into the sewers to find the Rebels. Jai can't remember the way, and the Rebels are soon lost. Spectres retrieve their weapons from the crates Chopper has been carrying on a rig, and fight the probe droids, destroying them. Hera, Kanan, Chopper, and Jai head one way, and Ezra, Sabine, and Zeb flee the other way. Above, DTL-21 orders troopers to be sent to the entrance to the large junction in the road. Eventually, Kanan, Hera, Chopper, and Jai come to the ladder, sorry, come to a ladder leading up to, to an entrance. Kanan wonders if this is it, and Jai offers to climb up and check. The hatch opens, and the rebels swiftly hide from sight as several stormtroopers shine lights down into the sewer. Kanan is forced to step into the light in the process of destroying an approaching probe droid, and the rebels flee as the stormtroopers wonder what they just saw. So we got uh, probe droids back. I mean, I just I love the sound and the and the sound effects they you know they're so iconic. Right yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, perfect. The yeah. thing that I love about probe droids uh, is that that the sound and the design and and sort of the way that they move and everything is um i nobody else does it no nobody's ever taken that specific design and sort Mm. of riffed on it it is very star wars and and it's kind of been left to star wars um it's just so uniquely star wars and it's one of the things that i love about the pro droids the most i used to have I i shouldn't say i used to i think i still have it um the the hasbro three and three quarter inch the first time they ever did um in the power of the force line the uh the probe droid um mm-hmm. and i loved that thing it, i loved that figure it was so great um not exactly in scale i don't think it's it's quite no. large compared right. to the other figures but um it's got a great like self-destruct where it, the head pops off but it also one of the eyes uh, is a missile that it can fire out Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah, it's such a, such a great, fantastic figure. Um, yeah, and what it's such an awesome design that, like I said, it's just so quintessentially Star Wars. Yeah, definitely. And and like I said, the, the sound effects and and all that just straight out of the movies, and it yeah. just man, it's, it get, it just reminds you and it takes you back. Especially me, I was just like, oh man, it's so cool to see that. So yeah. uh, I'll finish it out here. DL uh, DTL twenty one is informed that the rebels have destroyed all of the probe droids, and he orders all troops sent to the rebels' last known coordinates. Running through the tunnels, Sabine notices something which she calls Ezra and Zeb's which she calls to Ezra and Zeb's attention, a painting of her starboard symbol. The three head in the direction that the bird is pointing. Eventually, the trail leads them to a larger tunnel, and they can't find any more starbirds. They attempt to head back uh, the way they came, only for Hera, Kanan, and Chopper, and Jai to emerge pursued by stormtroopers. As the rebels are surrounded, Ezra, in the center of the large tunnel, looks up to see another hatch with the starbird painted on it. Climbing, Ezra slashes the control panel with his lightsaber, lowering the ladder, and drops back to the ground. Kanan and Ezra sever uh, the ladder to prevent the stormtroopers from pursuing. 
Eventually, the hatch does open and Ryder Azadi appears and greets them. They evacuate into Ryder's U-Wing, co-piloted by Merida uh, Sumar. Ryder asks uh, where the rest of their forces are so they can deal with a new TIE defender. And Ezra apologetically tells him that since Lothal is in a complete lockdown, there were all that was sent. Ryder wonders if they'll feel what they'll feel that way when they see the Empire's new fighter as Ewing departs for Ryder's camp. Thanks for coming, Ryder. Least I could do. You came back here for us. Wasn't sure my message to the Rebellion even got through. It did. Mon Mothma sent us to help and get intel on the TIE Defender. I'll brief you at my camp. We need to plan an attack on the TIE Defender factory as soon as the rest of your forces arrive. Uh, Ryder, there won't be anyone else coming. It's just us. Well, I don't understand. Just you? The Empire has Lothal locked down tight. How are we gonna do this? This is how a rebellion starts. Small, with a few people standing together. We've done it before. We can do it again. Well, we'll get a look at the new fighter tomorrow. Then we'll see if you still feel the same about our chances. Like he says, Mike, that's how uh, a rebellion starts. It starts small, and they have to start small because, A, like Ezra says, he goes, uh, yeah, we're all, that's it. And, you know, Azadi, he's thinking, man, where's where's everybody else? Let's do this. You know, we're ready to take it. Here we go. Let's go. And he goes, yeah. oh, no, that's, we're it. It's like, oh, boy. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to take it and show you what we got ahead uh, coming at us, and uh, you figure out how we're going to deal with this. So. Um, cool action here at the end, uh, seeing Ezra do some, some cool stuff with a lightsaber and do some, uh, force stuff. I, I love that. And the, uh, the starboard symbol kind of use kind of lighten their way, if you will, uh, a way out, uh, yeah. to where they find, uh, Azadi. So, uh, kind of a, kind of a cliffhanger type ending though, Mike. Um, but, uh, de- good episode. I had some, like I said, really great moments for a good episode. Um, looking forward to, uh, seeing what comes next because like you said, uh, I've kind of taken these slow, like one at a time, uh, kind of taking my time with it since, you know, we're going to have time. Why not? Yeah. So uh, I'll probably watch this you know, tonight or tomorrow, though, and, and get caught up. But uh, looking forward to see what happens. You already know what happens, but I'm, uh, I'm staying spoiler free free yeah. for now. But what do you uh, any final thoughts on this episode? Yeah. The last thing that I'll say is I just I really like the the U-Wing. Um, mm-hmm. I like I like that they're. They're reusing that design a lot, right? We saw them on on Yavin Four um, I, last week, as well as Saw Gerrera was using one. Um, but I love that I love that Ryder has a U wing, but it's it's obviously seen some battle, and yes. uh, and and it's missing the top two engines as well as the the wings, and I I you know like that. I love that they just kind of like adapted it. Um, that that uh, that that they'll use. They can. They're gonna kind of use what they can. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like that because it keeps a little bit of, of connectivity between these different rebel cells. And it's like, okay, well, clearly, at su- at one point, the the rebels were supplying the the Lothal rebel cell, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, but since it's been in a lockdown, they they haven't been able to get in there. 
Um, right. So so Ryder and his people have been kind of on their own, left to their own devices. They're doing the best that they can. Um, right. So I, re- I like that. I like that that idea that kind of like implies a lot just by seeing it. But right. uh, yeah. Yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Uh, let's head to. I got a couple actually uh, emails I want to get to, so we'll sure. head over there. Well, message. The Rebels Podcast. Now back to Conjure Club. Mailbag. The council is asking you. So the first one is from Kimberly, Kimberly Ross. Uh, she says, "Okay, I'm geeking out about the Canera scene in this, this week's episode. So happy to see them solidifying their relationship." Love space mom and dad, and I'll tell you what I had mentioned that Canera because I had never heard that. Mike, I think you posted it yeah. uh, on social media, and I just loved it. I'm like, because I heard other people going, they were they were mashing up the name, and and Canera just fits perfectly. Because uh, I heard some other, you know, it was like, um, what was the other? There's a couple of them, not exactly Canera, but it was like, I don't know, I can't remember what they were, but they were different than this. But Canera fits so perfectly. And uh, Kimberly, Kimberly Ross, she's loving it too. You know, we love it too. Mike, you called this a while ago. Um, yeah. Lo- love the little hashtag, uh, Canera. So, uh, any more thoughts on on these two? No, I'm just excited. Uh, I know that that based on the trailer, we're gonna get a little bit more a little yeah. later on in the season. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. just really great to see it um, on yeah, screen and this. not just implied. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. we we didn't talk at all about about the alternate designs. Um, oh and, yeah, and yeah. there's two things. I I Sabine's hair is different again for right. for season four. She's changed it again. She hadn't had time, I guess, in the in the previous two stories to to do that, but now she has. And um, I don't remember. Did we see her in her armor? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and in, so in the very beginning, I, yeah. You'll see a lot more of it in the next episode, but um, right. I just want to point out that the the repaint on her armor for season four, as well as her hairstyle for season four, are my favorite. Yeah. Um, this is my yeah. favorite look for Sabine. Um, I th- I think it's it's it. They kind of they've perfected it, um, and I I've always liked Sabine's design, but I think that this season is like she's finally kind of come into her own and it, and visually it shows she's a little less, it's a little less like cobbled together and a little bit more, more cohesive. Um, right. I really like it, but yeah. uh, yeah, that that's it for that. Yeah. I did notice the, the hairstyle change too. And it could pick up on that. Cause I forgot yeah. to mention it, but yeah, definitely you can tell that uh, they changed it up a little bit. So that was cool. Uh, you want to take the next one, Mike? Sure. Uh, This email is from Alexander, and Alexander writes, Aloha, gentlemen, super long-time listener, first-time writer. I'm thrilled you're going to adjust your focus into all things Lucasfilm animation. I appreciate the Freemaker coverage, especially as last summer that show was just glazed over by fandom at large. I see nothing wrong with keeping the podcast name as is, maybe adding a subline with all things Lucasfilm animation or something along those lines. Your call for feedback is why I'm writing. I would love to listen to your thoughts on old, older properties like Droids, Ewoks, and Clone Wars 2003. I'd also like to offer if you need. Uh, oh yeah, he's he's uh, he's he's got digital files of Droids and Ewoks mm-hmm. uh, that that are as originally aired, not the edited TV movies. Please let me know and I can provide them. I remember it was fun to digitally collect and watch those a few years ago. Thanks for all you guys do for fandom, Alexander. 
Um, yeah, and he also mentions the one-off holiday special Boba Fett introduction. And you know what? Maybe around the holidays we might we might jump into that. And then he says, oh, "Congrats yeah. on the rebranding." So, yeah. so obviously, yeah, we we've moved forward with with Rebel Cells, um, which I'm pretty happy with. I, I I'm 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 digging the new stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, I, but we appreciate the feedback for sure. Um, yeah, this was a uh, you know I, this one actually came over. At, uh, a few months ago and yeah. I, I don't know how I skipped over I missed it but definitely wanted to uh, include that because yeah. um, some good stuff and, and and like you said Mike there was plans um, once Rebels finishes and until we know what the next thing is um, yeah. there's some things that we can look at doing and, and he mentions some of the things that we might go back and kind of take a look at so yeah uh, so even though the, uh, yeah Alexander even um, though you sent that email in a while ago I I did read it at the time and um, I, I I will definitely keep you in mind. Um, I have dro- the droids and Ewoks DVDs that they released, but those are by no means um, complete. So, yeah, I mean, like if, if you've got complete copies of droids and Ewoks as they originally aired, um, that would be excellent for us to get our hands on so that we can do an episode by episode. Um mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so so we'll be in cool. touch when the time comes, which will probably be sometime in like April or May, I would think. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, after Rebel season four has completed, but right. uh, but yeah, I I the, this stuff is all definitely on the radar. I can't wait to dig into some more Star Wars animation um, and talk about uh, about all of the other stuff that's been done over the years because there's actually. I think there's more than people think. It's it's yeah, there's actually more than I thought bit. too. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, awesome. So, well, sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, I was gonna say thanks uh, for uh, Kimberly and and um, and Alexander for sending that stuff yeah. in, and uh, don't hesitate, you guys, to send us anything you guys are thinking. We appreciate any. Uh, any comments and we'll highlight them on the show here. Yeah, as, Re- uh, Rebels Podcast at gmail dot com, or you can hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. Yeah, definitely. So next time on Star Wars Rebels, it is titled Flight of the Defender. Ezra and Sabine steal an Imperial prototype TIE fighter, but must rely on some unexpected help uh, to escape from Thrawn. Check out this uh, quick clip I got here. Some unexpected help. Good afternoon, Commander. I'm eager to hear your opinion on the improvements made to the TIE Defender program. Allow me to present the Defender Elite for your inspection, Grand Admiral. And then I will provide you with a flight demonstration. They're headed for... Sabine's still in there. Get ready. Things are about to get interesting. Sabine, we have to go! Now! Got it. Just stole him. Stole him? How? It's Thrawn. I'm confident you'll think of something. And there we go, Mike. That's a little taste of Flight of the Defender that, um, hey, you might have already even seen it, but we're going to talk about it next week. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, from what you said, Mike, and seeing some of these um, uh, previews and Thrawn's coming back. So really excited to see what uh, what happens. I'm going to check that out probably tonight or tomorrow for sure. So, um yeah, get ready for that next week, huh? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I, I look forward to talking to you about it. Um, 
you guys should strap in for a long episode next week. <laughs> I think we're gonna have a lot to say. But I, yeah. uh, but right. yeah, I, I like I said, so far this season has been just incredible. Um, yeah. And Flight of the Defender, one of my favorite episodes of the series. So man, that's um, high praise. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, so look forward to that. Uh, of course, for this week, we are all done. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, you can stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash rebelspodcast, and on Twitter at rebelspodcast. Uh, you can email us, rebelspodcast at gmail.com. And if you follow, want to follow Matt and I, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, and at the crankster, that is crankster with a K. Um, and uh, like I said, I'm I'm doing Movember this year, so if you want to support me in that, uh, then, uh, then you can do that by heading to mobro.co slash arcwolf and uh, and and pledge your support over there i'd really appreciate it of course you guys know we are part of the thunderquack podcast network uh you can head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other podcasts in the network um and i i i enjoy all of the content that we're producing over there um and uh, and if you want to support us you can do that two ways first by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch as well as heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack to pledge your support over there. For as little as a dollar a month, you get access to the exclusive Thunderquack podcast, as well as the Facebook group. And there are some other great rewards, so check that out. Um, We are heading into the holiday movie season. That means spoiler casts aplenty coming out. We've we've actually kind of been MIA on the spoiler casts as we... Um, spoiler cast and roundtables because we've been reworking that format um, and looking at what we're going to do in the future. But we've got Thor Ragnarok coming up. We will have a spoiler cast for that as well as I, I, um, Justice League and mm-hmm. I, and Stranger Things. So oh, cool. um, and we've also we're kind of we're kind of uh, backdated a little bit. We need to get one done for the defenders as well. So lots of content coming up in the future for Thunderquack. Um, if you haven't been checking that stuff out, you can head to um, if you go to YouTube and you search Thunderquack, that's the easiest way. I think it's youtube.com slash Thunderquack podcast network. But if you just go to YouTube and search Thunderquack, I think you can find us a little bit easier. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, patreon.com slash Thunderquack for access to all of that exclusive stuff. Uh, we appreciate everybody who does support us over there. We appre- I appreciate everybody who supports me over uh, on Movember. Um, and with that, I... Uh, it makes walking around with this ridiculous mustache a little easier <laughs> to bear. Um, yeah. I, and it's only going to get more ridiculous as the month goes on uh, with your guys' support. So uh, I'll be talking about that all month. You guys are going to get real annoyed by the end of it, but uh, but but uh, it's for a good cause or several good causes as it, as it is. Um, but that's it for this week's episode of rebel cells thank you guys for listening and we will catch you next week see you guys next week